Hello and welcome back to The Other Side of Perfect. We are back with what feels like a strange start to Series 3 recorded in the middle of a global pandemic. I hope you're all surviving and navigating this unique time as best you can and that the following quarantine questions will keep you company over the next few weeks. Although I'll be doing more solo episodes in this series, I thought I'd kick things off with a very special surprise guest, my lockdown lover, Adam, who is absolutely hating me for this. In fact, I don't think you could think of anything worse than doing an interview for social media, but I know you lot have burning questions for us both, so fingers crossed he'll forgive me for dragging him into my weird and wonderful world. I'm delighted to kick off this series with a new sponsor, Sweaty Betty. Sweaty Betty is a high-end athleisure wear brand that's been ensuring style meets performance in women's active wear for over 15 years, with the aim to inspire women to find empowerment through fitness. I first discovered the brand a few years ago before moving to London at the peak of my training, and I still have my first pair of leggings from the brand to this day. They've stood the squat test of time, maintained their color in plenty of washes, retained their shape, and still feel lovely and soft on the tush. These guys are genuinely exceptional quality, and have gorgeous bright bold prints for all different shapes, sizes and sports. For those of you following me on social, you'll have seen me share some of my favourite pairs over the past few weeks. So if you have any questions, just shoot them my way. For all of my podcast listeners, I have an exclusive 15% off discount code too. So simply use the other side of perfect 15 when placing your order on sweatybetty.com. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. We're rolling. Are we actually? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you actually have the red light syndrome, even though I'm your girlfriend and we're in our home? I can't even listen to my voicemail message back when I hear my voice, let alone a podcast. So well, yes. to our listeners, that, that should show the level of appreciation you should have for having this person on the show. I never thought I'd get you to do this. I never thought I'd be on a podcast, so. <laughs> you also thought you'd never be on my social media, though, to be fair. It's true, it took about... Six months, maybe. Close to a year, mm. I think. Yeah. And what happened? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, really, I suppose. Well, yeah. And there, was a, there was an influx of Instagram requests. Oh, yes, yes. A few and LinkedIn an intrigue. <laughs> but you don't really do social media. I don't. No. Why is that? You're not going to give me one one word answer. It's going <laughs> yeah, to be really the, fucking tough interview. Worst guest, yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, years ago when I was in college... I got rid of my Facebook coming up to exams because I felt I was spending too much time being distracted on Facebook. Like this is years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took me a few years to even get onto Instagram. And then I just was on private the whole time because I felt it really weird to have people who I didn't know. And that was pre-me. That was years before I mm-hmm. met you. But that was weird for me to see people who I don't know following me or like if you used a hashtag that like a random Mm -hmm. person in a different country would be liking your photo like I wouldn't really like people's photos that I don't know yeah or I don't like I'd follow people if I find them really inspirational but I'm certainly not an inspirational Instagram page so it's just for friends and family who are your favorite pages to follow oh um I would have to say Rich Roll for obvious reasons we won't even get into that topic Mm -hmm. um I actually love the body coach. I find him really, really positive and uplifting. You obviously know that I show you a lot of videos of him with his kids, which is... I think we both get quite broody when you show me his videos. I follow him, but I I suppose I minimise the amount of stories that I click into, but I would see him through you showing me cute stuff. What's mm-hmm. his daughter's name? Um, Indy. Indy. Very, yeah. very cute. She's very cute. Yeah. 
India Marley. They're very cute. Make you broody. It does make me a little bit broody. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, me and you talk about having kids and stuff. And I'm always like, no, not yet, not yet. But then when I look at the body coach, I'm like, he seems to just love parenthood so much that I suppose it kind of gets, I I get kind of excited for it rather than nervous thinking about it. Because that's usually the first thing that comes to like, I don't know from a woman's point of view, but from a young guy's point of view as you're growing up, you're almost always thought don't have kids when you're young. But there's a lot to be said about having kids when you're young because mm-hmm. you can be a young active parent and he just seems to to love it so much like he's got two kids and he wants that five and is the implication like, here that i'm old no not at all <laughs> <laughs> not at all but there is that there is an age gap yeah um so i suppose for me before i met you i hadn't really thought about having kids in the somewhat near future but things are changing what's our age gap you're holding up fingers here uh, i'm gonna say four years yeah four years yeah it's huge i'm a cougar mm-hmm. sorry i'm sipping coffee here it's yeah. okay one of the main questions that i get asked a huge amount is how we met now i've obviously touched on this in a podcast before it was quite a, a random and fun experience and story would you like to tell it from your perspective <laughs> from my perspective it's similar enough to you i suppose we kind of I was out on, well, about a week before Paddy's weekend, I was sitting in the office and, as, as you do, scrolling on Instagram, and I saw uh, Rob put up a, a photo for this tech festival that was coming up, and I text one of my friends, and I'm not really into tech music, but I knew he was, so I sent him a screenshot, I was like, Jesus, this would be deadly to, to go to, and of course he wrote back, and he said, God, would you believe my, my good mate is actually organising that festival will I see if I can get us tickets and I was like you know what nothing to lose here we can go down to Cork we'll have a good weekend of it so long story short we ended up going to the festival it was the day after Paddy's Day and it was the Paddy's Day where there was like horrific snow the weather was really bad we were kind of on Paddy's Day going will we go won't we go um both equally hung over from a night out before so so yeah on the 18th then we were woke up really hung over after paddy's day um looked out it was snow everywhere we're gonna drive three and a half hours to cork to go to a music festival and we said you know what feck it let's do it so we drove down and um, nearly crashed the car on the way down thanks to alex you'll love the little plug here um got to mill street uh checked into our airbnb had a couple of drinks and headed to an equestrian arena um uh, to a 12-hour music festival so walked in no intention of meeting girls it was very much a lads weekend away just go to a text festival listen to some good music and have fun um thankfully nathan uh gave myself and alex vip passes and we got into the little vip area not very glamorous <laughs> as far as vip areas go but i was in said area you were in said area um this is around two o'clock in this the day, is about right? two o'clock in the afternoon and we were at the bar, myself and Alex, having a drink. And from what I remember, you approached me and asked, did oh, I have Jesus. a chewing gum? And that was the start of our romance. Is that how it really went? I think that's how it went. That's I did I ask you it. for a chewing gum. Yeah. But I think that Alex had started talking to my friend Ali first. Yeah, so I actually think the of two a... of them went out for a cigarette. Mm. Um, and me being the awkward mess that I am, I actually think I, even though I don't smoke, I think I went out with them. And Where then was, was I? I think you were inside on your own. And then 
<laughs> I was so awkward that I went out with them and stood in the freezing cold and they were having a cigarette and I went, you know what, I'm going back inside. And I think I nervously went back over to you. Yeah, but you definitely and I kind of st- I didn't even I didn't even I don't think I stood beside you. I think I kind of just hovered <laughs> as I like do. Like a bad smell. Yeah. Um at the tech festival, like and 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 tech being like not web summit tech tech music <laughs> yeah, festival. To clarify. Um and yeah. You asked me for a chewing gum and the rest is history. But you communicated first. Can we just have that as a clarification? I don't I maybe I did. I don't I I I really don't think I would have initiated it by communicating first. Where we both inebriated at that time. I was I don't think so. No, it's No, it was early. early enough, like I don't think I was. And it was a bit of a weird one in terms of how things progressed for me anyway. I think I touched on this. I don't think I've gone into it too much, but it was a 12-hour festival. So kind of from, I suppose we were there from like 2 to 12. We didn't stay for, did we stay to the end? Pretty Close. much, yeah. No, pretty much because the lights, I think, actually came on at one stage towards the end. I think what happened then was we obviously got chatting and I suppose we were both relatively recently out of out mm-hmm. of relationships. Almost like three, same, three, same four, months, five months. Yeah. So I, I think we both had gone to the festival with the same goal in mind which was lads weekend girls weekend have a bit of fun expect nothing just to have fun with your friend so we kind of just chatted away and obviously the the thing i remember the story we tell people is you just touched i just touched the mic i'm very sorry (laughs) he knows from helping me set up these things his face just nearly died there (laughs) oh my god she's gonna have to edit this out so you don't have to edit it out um we got chatting about obviously what 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 do you do for a living and i asked you and you said oh i work in advertising i said oh my god me too well i think it was an easy one because i think you i probably asked you first you said advertising and elaborated Mm -hmm. slightly and then it was very easy for me to retort with me too Mm -hmm. and then hoping that you wouldn't i wouldn't ask more questions ask more questions so um yeah you said advertising said oh wow um are you, I, I said, are you agency side or client side? Because I obviously w- work in the agency world. And you said, um, oh, ne- kind of neither. I suppose I kind of, kind of work with brands. And I was like, all oh, right, do you, what, like, what, how do you mean? And this is just like a stumbling back and forth of trying to get what you did. Me out avoiding then, saying the word, I'm an influencer. Yeah, the dirty word. <laughs> but it's not a dirty word. But you were, I suppose worry to tell me because then automatically I would have an assumption of who you were mm-hmm. and everything else would kind of go out the window so of course you and you did say you know I'm an influencer and this is what I do this is what I do I create content blah 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 and they said oh I don't really believe you and then I was like show me your Instagram and then you showed me your Instagram and it was like 140 something thousand followers 150 and I was like oh you're a real influencer not one of these you know influencers inserted air quotes um and then that was it really we didn't really chat too much about it i think we checked who each other was following to see Mm -hmm. if we had any mutual friends and you you had a couple of mutual friends of people i followed we won't go into that (laughs) um but yeah what's actually funny i'm only thinking about it now is that apart from being at a rave or whatever meeting someone and getting chatting and then comparing instagram profiles of who do we know through friends mm-hmm. digitally? Is it's very strange, but we did we didn't really go past that. Like we kind of touched on it for like five minutes. We kind of chatted about what you did, and I was more intrigued rather than like, oh my god, she's an influencer or anything. I was actually just 
because I touched in that world work but never really spoke to someone face to face about what it's like we didn't really talk too much about that we kind of moved on and then it was just general chit chat actually it got quite deep about psychology and stuff at a rave yeah. but we didn't really kind of focus or it didn't make me think any more or any less of you I mean what was weird for me was we kept getting interrupted people asking you can I get a photo and to me that was just a bit strange yeah because why would that be normal yeah although people think you look like Rob Lipset and on the same night you were being asked for, fo- for I was photos. I got asked for, I don't know why because I am a far skinnier yeah, longer haired like version but it's happened on a few occasions, which is really, really funny. I um, suppose on a night out like that, perhaps because Rob was actually there that and he night. he was there, and yeah. Know. Yeah. But it was funny that people kept coming up asking for photos. And, you know, as you do having a laugh, I just jumped in the photos because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. yeah. Took it in your stride, like a champ. Yeah. And then the second you asked me to get in a photo, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so the night went on. We had an absolute ball. We did have plenty of deep conversations which I think stood out for me as being a very unusual courtship for nowadays at something like a rave and what I mean by that is that usually you kind of score someone quite early you may not hear from them again but we got into that deep zone quite quickly I think that says a lot about us I think I think it does because I suppose um, previous relationships and how you as you said court court people like you wouldn't really get into those deep conversations, specifically at a rave. It's very loud. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, you know what I'm like when with loud music, I can barely hear you. So every second word was like, sorry, say that again. But we really again. had to strain to like appreciate what the other person's answer was to things. Like we both cared for each other's opinion quite quickly, I feel. Yeah. And then we had a little smooch at the end. You asked for my number and offered your jacket. And then I think we started texting. You probably checked if I got home. Okay. Like a gent. Like we did I remember I text you for whatever reason I, I was literally texting on iMessage and you found that so weird was that I wasn't was WhatsApp, WhatsApp. Yeah. and you're like there's something weird about this guy like he's just doing everything <laughs> he's so not to the norm he's not really on social media he uses iMessage instead of WhatsApp like what's up yeah but, it kind of it kind of stank of traditional in a really nice way because I suppose it's just a bit different which is silly because it's just two apps but I was so used to men kind of texting through WhatsApp and it mm. being very visual like i couldn't even imagine. with whatsapp sorry but like even with whatsapp like you've got like a little profile photo yeah like it's, it's so it's more like, invasive and it's yeah. more personal and i feel like i couldn't imagine you ever you uh, you have never taken a selfie unless it's like to family members or to share a moment with me of a nice memory on the top of a mountain and it's smiley like i was so used to the world of men who were more in the vanity side of things of taking selfies to send them through WhatsApp to communicate at the early stages. Mm. Whereas that to you would be just so foreign. Foreign. Couldn't imagine totally. you doing it. Like you just don't really take photos. No, I take, I do. I have like thousands of photos in my camera roll. But not of, of you. Like, no, not really. Of landscape, of friends, whatever. But I don't send them to people. I don't po- really post them. I mean, I post you the You take the memories one. for you. They're kind of for myself, yeah, to look back on. And just... F- for anyone listening to give an idea of what he's like if he does think about maybe posting on Instagram he'll take the photo of say a lovely vegan meal that he's cooked or something that looks gorgeous and he say I think I'm going to take a photo of this I think I might post it and 15 minutes later you will change your mind and just go nobody cares yeah I'm not going to bother posting yeah. it so it's quite weird I suppose that maybe that's why we work so well because our worlds are so different and yet they cross over somewhere 
they cross over a lot because of because of the industry that we work in but i'd say you know when you when you put up an instagram post and then you can like save it to drafts or whatever and put it up later i would say i've done that 40 or 50 times mm-hmm. But it is. I just don't think a lot of people, and like it's nothing to do with myself. I just don't think I have a whole lot to share online that will really influence or inspire people. And yeah, you can update people, but I kind of don't like the idea of friends seeing all of my Instagram updates and then having nothing to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Like I find that all the time. It's like, oh, I, I followed your whole trip through South America. We don't really need to meet for coffee or lunch to talk about it because I've seen it all. So yeah. instead of when you're when you're telling a story, it's like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that on your Instagram. To me, that's that's foreign, and I know, like, I work in this industry, and it's I shouldn't have that kind of dinosaur mentality, but I suppose I am a sucker for slight traditionality, just to mm-hmm. to be able to sit down and have a conversation and tell people a story rather than kind of it's almost like watching the highlights of it. But it's nice, even when I've gone away on trips to work and I've been away from you, you'll purposely not watch my stories. So that when I come home, I get to tell you how the trip was from me. And I even had to adjust to that because I just assume because of what I do that people, I suppose, rarely ask me in person because they've already seen it. So the conversation instead of, oh my God, tell me all about your trip was, oh my God, I saw the trip. It looked amazing. And it's a dynamic that I suppose I miss out on sometimes Mm -hmm. in terms of conversation. So it was lovely that you were that way because at the end of trips, you even explained it to me. You were like, I just want to sit down beside you and chat about it instead of watch it. Mm-hmm. How did you adjust to my job? Because it's not very normal. Was there adjustment periods? Did you find certain things difficult? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where, where to start? I won't go too deep into it, but I suppose it started at TechWorks with people asking for photos. And that's totally fine. But for me, that w- that was slightly odd. Fast forward a couple of months going out in public and people kind of staring and not really knowing why they're, well, initially not knowing why they're staring. People taking photos from a distance. That was weird. Of you, of which me, was which weird. Which was really weird. Um, I did confront a couple of people when they were taking photos of us and I said, why are you taking a photo? <laughs> oh, I want to send it to my sister because she's a big fan, really, of me. Hardly. I think at this I, stage. And that's not me being rude. Sorry, no. That's not me coming across anyway like rude to people but when you're sitting in a restaurant and someone clearly takes a photo of you with their flash on and then pulls their photo away that's weird full stop if it's to brad pitt or david beckham that's weird he's having a meal so to me who's nobody but to me who's a nobody just having dinner with you or having lunch that was weird yeah that was a little bit uncomfortable and i felt more uncomfortable even for you because you knew that i wasn't from that sort of background and I'm quite a private person that to have people taking photos of me just felt very invasive mm-hmm. um, and it gave me anxiety around kind of going out for meals at a time yeah it definitely so that would have impacted us because you would have had to deal with my mental health surrounding the after effects of that the side effects mm-hmm. of I nearly started avoiding wanting to go out for meals and stuff I suppose we kind of as a couple yeah, it was funny. Like initially in our relationship, I think the first three or four months, I, I know I thought about this. I was like, wow, for, for someone who's, you know, an influencer and works solely online, you're not really on your phone that much. And I think what you did is you actually made a conscious effort to put the phone down and for us to try to to build our relationship offline in private. So, yeah, we used to kind of we'd go to Tesco really late and like buy loads of goodies and then we'd come back and we'd have a little date night in the house rather than going out and that was really to avoid people and just for us to have I suppose time for ourselves 
to grow and learn about each other without having to go out for drinks and dinner and feel uncomfortable and want to get out of that scenario we just avoided it at the start and I think that helped us a lot to kind of to grow and learn about each other um rather than going on these kind of somewhat superficial dates we you know we kind of started the relationship by having these really kind of deep conversations and we kind of just continued that throughout yeah and I think we started very baseline like there was no fluff and flipperies there wasn't any kind of there was no airs and graces around fancy meals and fancy anything we started very baseline and that was enough Mm -hmm. so then anything above that was kind of like a benefit and a bonus yeah we appreciated each other maybe that's I think during that time as well there was a lot of heat around influencers and in general that's probably why that was more magnified but it, it equally allowed us to have a really nurtured start to our relationship, which was good. Mm-hmm. So even though there was a negative, there was a positive at the end. Yeah, no, I think like that whole negative time was awful, but it was like the best time for me and you to, because, grow. to grow because you didn't have the pressure of being online. You could take a slight step back from it. You were still working. You yeah, but I was a, taking kind of hiatus here yeah. and there and and not having to update as frequently so I suppose it almost forced me into a an offline status mm-hmm. and, and to have a relationship in a very normal way yeah I suppose every relationship goes through difficult times doesn't matter what your job is you can have shit times in your job during that time what were your feelings on it and how were you affected I can already see you squirming in the chair <laughs> I don't want to talk about this it's not that I <sighs> That's in the past. For me, that's very much in the past. And I, it, we've moved on so far from it. And I think most people have as well. It's almost hard in a way to think it. Because sometimes we wake up and we go, Jesus, did, did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels like it's that far in the past. And I kind of don't want to almost revisit those feelings. But that's and not, for context, not, not this it, is just online hate. Yeah, it's online hate. It's not as if it's like massive trauma. But, which, I mean, it is trauma. But it's not massive trauma. Certainly not for me. Scheme but things, yeah. And certainly in the grand scheme of things. But I suppose for you, for me as a, as a partner to you, it just more upset me because we've kind of gone through our the love languages. Um, and I'm very much a, if there's something wrong, fix it. Don't mollycoddle the person. Don't, don't kind of just be there and make them a cup of tea and say, oh yeah, no, this is awful. I'm very much of the action. opinion, like I action. Like I can be quite, quite blunt sometimes. But it's because it comes out of love. That's just how I deal with problems as I try to fix them. And it was just a problem that I couldn't really fix. And I thought I could because obviously I work in your realm. And I thought, well, maybe we can navigate this. But it wasn't really my place to fix it. And ultimately, you can't control other people's opinions. Their opinions don't really matter because they're out of my control. Mm-hmm. So I didn't care about what other people thought of you. But it it upset me when, it, when certain pe- things were written about you that were truly false and even when they were real in the grand scheme of things they were nothing but it was a massive witch hunt and ultimately it just if, if anything upsets you it upsets me and if I can't fix it I just get frustrated about it that's I suppose that was that was the hardest part of it frustration like the, you know, when you go out in public people look at you and they, they stare at you and then I suppose you start to think are they staring at you because they recognize you for good things or is it because of a bad thing mm-hmm so then you kind of you're second guessing everyone's yeah, it's motives a, when they're looking at you. We definitely had a paranoid stage. Yeah. This is kind of I suppose the start of last year. Is it that long ago? Is it longer than that? I think it was the start of last. No, it was the year before last, 2018. Yeah, so it's like so far gone. I suppose it's it's not fresh in our minds anymore. It's not, and I I just remember those feelings of 
frustration because I just can't fix the problem and going out in public and not knowing whether or not people are asking for a photo because they're they're a fan or because they want to have a photo they can send like we went to uh the chain smokers in the rds like great um great gig it was summer it was beautiful we had a great day and for the most part i found people like nobody really kind of stared or anything so we had a lovely day get home one of my best mates justin is traveling south america and he's Hi Justin. <laughs> he sends me a photo. No, he doesn't send me a photo. He sends me a message and goes, "So I hear you're famous now." And I was like, "What?" And he sends me a screenshot of a photo of me at the Chainsmokers that was doing the rounds in some Facebook group. And we had just we were it was just the back of us, wasn't it? Was it was just the back of us. In. But he like well, it was this my side profile, so you could recognize me. You felt but sick. It, it's well, I felt weird because mm. I was like, I'm in Dublin, and my mate who's in South America is the first who is pretty much off grid is the first person to notify me that a photo was taken of me, like within ten meters of me. So I just found that strange, mm-hmm. um, and obviously that was taken for a bad reason because people wanted to share it and and whatever. I don't know why. I think at that time it was because I wouldn't share you, so people nearly stepped in, and I say people, it's a tiny dram- demographic, but stepped in to share you themselves. Yeah, like to kind of that was so it's given context on it. I'm hardly a celebrity, but the photo thing was happening more so as an invasion of we'll get a photo of him mm-hmm. because she's not sharing it. Whereas I totally was adamant that for no other reason, like you're gorgeous. Like, of course I wanted to shout from the rooftops like a normal relationship <laughs> that we were together. But, you know, out of learning from sharing a previous relationship, how invasive it can get, but also just loving keeping you private, like thoroughly enjoying the fact that I never had to share you, that we could just, it was like two lives. I had my online world. And then once I switched off, or logged out we were just enjoying life kind of ourselves behind the scenes mm-hmm. and i wouldn't say you're alone with that either i think like a lot of people who are in the in the public realm whether influencer celebrity tv personality that you you do you know we all have multiple selves but you have your professional online self and that is different to your offline self and i'm not part of your online world therefore you don't think there's a there's a need to to bring me in online but on a lot of people would share who work in your realm would share it is that the lines are blurred between online influencer and offline Joanne Larby. Yeah. They are blurred because ultimately you're showing your life and I am a big part of your life. And you become your brand and it's a very difficult separation. Yeah, people to are nosy. Like, I mean, people want to, you know, they, they, they see Goss, they see the Brad and Jan- Angelina and all that sort of stuff. And people love to follow that. And that's totally fine. But I've met, we made the conscious effort to not share me, but then other people who are like the the paps almost think it's fair to go out and take mm-hmm. photos of us without our permission and put them online. And again, did it really, did it bother me? Not really too much. I, fe- I again, I just felt it was kind of weird. Like, weird. I wouldn't do that. If I saw someone, I'd be like, oh, there's so-and-so with her new boyfriend. There's the body girlfriend. coach. Yeah, there's the body coach <laughs> and his wife. Some tips. You know, but yeah. and, and leave them at it. So I just found it, I found it weird. I think that a lot of a lot a lot of the parts of your world, mm-hmm. when people ask certain questions or they take photos without your permission, I just find it weird. I find it invasive, and I just—it's not something I would personally do. That, that's it, really. But yeah, like to have your friend in South America tell you that a photo was taken of you and that you're now doing the rounds in Facebook groups, which loads of my lad mates sent me the photo. Then after that, again, I just the feeling was wow, that is that is strange. 
And when you spoke to your lad mates kind of in the early days when you tell someone like met somebody new or whatever, were you loath to use the word influencer? 100%. Yeah, 100%. And it's only because again, the same way you were loath to tell me was, will there be... Connotations. What's the connotation? Pre-judgment before they even meet the person. Superficial. Loves herself. Loves herself. Like self-obsessed, all that sort of stuff. But... Like, I mean, and I've met loads of people in your industry and a lot of them aren't self-obsessed. At they, all. They're, they're really, really, really nice people. And then it's always like, you know, they're God. Some people are really like the, the same person as you see online. And then other people are totally different. And I don't really care either or because I can personally distinguish between the online and offline realm. One is work and the other is private. But like if you were to meet your a celebrity, like they're going to be different in person. Like if they're an actor, you're seeing what they what they're portraying on screen versus who they are offline mm-hmm. or off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wanted to, I suppose, introduce you to friends face to face almost before showing them your Instagram. Like I've even had people, clients who like like I would be talking to and I'd say, oh, myself, and my girlfriend are doing X, Y and Z and oh yeah like she's got a bit of an online following and we've seen like you know we've seen since we moved to cork and stuff that's been a massive like influx of inquiries and then the person will go oh god what's what's your girlfriend do what's her what's her instagram and you're kind of going i don't want to send you that because that's just strange and then because even when i see online like it's your polished self all Mm -hmm. the time it's not always who you are 100 percent. it's just a snapshot of it's a snapshot 24 hours of the day yeah and you can't, no matter how candid you are on camera or how candid and vulnerable your captions are, it's still half a percent of your personality that day. Look, unless you're someone who's a 24-7 vlogger and even at that, it's curated to a certain extent, you're never going to know the parts that you fell in love with. Well, why would my following know that? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're never going to get to know because each individual pulls that side out of someone. Yeah, because they're, they're following you for a totally different reason. Exactly. Not, like as in if, if that was the case, not that they'd all be in love with you, but it's just, it's totally, no, but it's totally different. Like I, I, I follow the body coach for X, Y, and Z reasons. I don't follow him because of why his wife loves him. Exactly. I don't know why his wife loves him, but I don't, that's not for me to know. And I don't see him as being fake or him not showing me his whole self because I don't see those parts online. And he's quite, like he shows a lot of his personal yeah, life and, and even a lot at of his that, family. that's still curated, but that's fine. Yeah, you're comfortable because you understand it. What are the parts of me that you feel people don't see online? Like the parts of my personality, perhaps that my online persona your doesn't humor. portray. Your humor, your giddy side, like your your kind of silly side. I think. Yeah, just who you are natural. Not not that you're not natural online, because again, like podcasting and speaking to camera, mm-hmm. you're you're being you. It's not as if you're pretending to be someone else. But again, you have to create con- curate content for brands and for us to, to communicate certain things. And then your giddy, silly self is probably what I fell in love with that I don't think people online see enough of. And I think if they did, they'd probably, not that they'd see another side of you, but they would love you in a slightly different way. Because I'm weird. You're very weird. <laughs> Super weird. You've made me weird. You've made me uh, really weird. I, I think I, you brought out the weird in me. Yeah, you had it already. It yeah. was just kind of teased it out. And I think that we just complement each other very well. I think that we've had a very calm relationship. Yeah, I think a lot of it is built on trust. 
Um, yeah, because a lot I of the questions that never... we get in is how to make a relationship successful and work. And it's like that key mixture. We argue and we don't get on on certain times and we get really frustrated. That's normal. But there's a, there's a, there's a level of calm in our relationship that I've never had before where it, I don't know. I just don't worry. I don't worry. I don't get jealous. I don't, I just don't have, I, I really, it's the sense of calm and not having to worry. But I think that comes from trust. Like I know that you have my best intentions and you'll always have my back uh, with no judgment. And I know that if you were to, to go, even, you know, when a partner goes out on a night out and you might be slightly jealous that they could get drunk and start flirting with someone. Or, or annoyed if they're home later than they said. That doesn't or... even... Doesn't that come doesn't come into my head like that's not even and I, I not that I did because I know a lot of people whose relationships are like that and have been like that in the past but I just don't get that with you and that's what I'm so thankful for is does I have that calm where you could go off to Ibiza for two weeks I wouldn't care like I literally would not bat an eyelid at it in fact I'd love you to go mm-hmm. and on the flip side I love that I could go and do that and I know there's been the odd occasion where I have gone out and I haven't texted you to tell you that I'm home. And yeah. that's not out of a jealousy or anything. That's out of, I just want to know you're safe. Yeah, I have. To, I don't know where that stems from, but I have this, maybe it's the minder in me or the control of the scenario where like, God forbid, and it's because in fairness, for context, you were beaten up one Halloween a few years yeah. ago on a way on, you know, on the way home. And that scares the living daylights out of me yeah. that a lad can go on a night out with his friends and with you know being inebriated or whatever the situation is can just really quickly get into an altercation you're not tough in the slightest as in you're tough <laughs> but like you're not no, someone who'd provoke an argument but that doesn't mean that that won't happen in but reverse. years ago i was and like trust me Justin and stuff will vouch for that like I wasn't always as kind of calm as I am now mm-hmm. but definitely the, the the minder in you I think just wants to know that I'm safe yeah like and if you said to is. me I'm not coming home for two I mean it'd be a bit strange if you said two days but <laughs> I'm not coming home till tomorrow because I've gone back to a house party we're having a ball yeah. but I'm safe I'm like cool happy days fall asleep but if you didn't text, it's just pure worry. Mm-hmm. I'm a worrier at heart, though. That's mm-hmm. a definitely. Yeah. Would you say that's my worst trait? Yeah. Wor- worrying. It's a worst trait, but you no, are. There's you loads are more. <laughs> no, you are a worrier, though. Yeah, definitely. Like you worry about a lot of things, but you you've worried about things since you were a child, mm-hmm. and that comes from just your childhood and growing mm-hmm. up. But you ha- you are a worrier, whereas I'm not really a worrier. No, I think my default button is worry. Yeah, you're always yeah you're worried about. Stuff I can't control. Stuff that you cannot control. And we always try to talk about that as well as like... You can't do jack shit about it. Stop thinking about it. Literally, like what you what you don't know can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, Solid advice. And other people's opinions of you are their opinions. And you can't change their opinions. So therefore, why worry about other people's opinions? And that's not like to go around saying, I don't give a shit about anyone and what they think. But if you have an opinion of me, that is not my problem. I, yeah, as, long I... as, as long as what I'm doing myself i i believe is right and i'm not hurting anyone but maybe people don't like me I mean, there's plenty of people i don't like yeah that's i don't life. expect everyone to like me yeah. and worrying could be about storm it could be like so many other little things that i suppose you just you just can't control yeah i mean you definitely worry about storm because she's like our child at the moment yeah but 
I think people online would see that how much we're obsessed with her. Yeah. I mean, she is, she's just our baby. Yeah. Any dog lovers who are listening will understand, but I feel like if you're not a doggy person, you're probably just like her. Yeah, because you see it weird though. You're like, why, why do they care so much about their dog? taking so many photos of their dog's (laughs) face. Yeah. I think we just love her little quirks and the happiness. And she, I think we got her at such an early stage in our relationship that it put us in, like they say, you know, if you want to practice having kids, then, or not not practice having kids, having having sex. (laughs) Practice you know before having a kid and get you ready yeah. have a puppy because yeah. and i was so anti it at the, at the time as well i you wear and you weren't because well, I, I sent saw, you pictures oh, I saw of the her. photo of her i was like oh she's stunning but i was just like this is like oh, not life-changing but i was like it's no, a big deal there's no freedom to travel whenever you want mm-hmm. like trying to get a, a dog minded is it's easy enough with family and stuff but at the same time it's just another kind of thing to think about yeah it's an inter- not an interruption in your day. It's the wrong way of putting it. But you know, you've, you have to it's walk. You've it's a commitment. You have to walk her. You have to look after. You have to feed her. You can't. You can't go out and just you say, "Oh, I'm not coming home. I'm not coming home for eight hours." Yeah. We people do leave their dogs at home for eight hours, but you shouldn't. And I think that because we spent, I suppose, so much time together so early, you knew that this was a responsibility that was being put on you as well. It wasn't just me getting mm-hmm. a puppy. It was our our dog without it being. Yeah. Oh, she's your dog. There's no two ways about that. But I knew that, yeah, I knew it would hinder our relationship slightly or change how it would be because we would sometimes go out and we'd we'd go to botanical gardens and then we'd go out for lunch and then we'd go for a walk in the beach or whatever. And then dinner, and then dinner, whatever. Yeah, and you mightn't come home for hours upon hours, but especially in the early days of having her, she came everywhere with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we'd we'd leave her at home for an hour and then you'd be like again back to the worry oh my god i hope she's okay to the stage where we set up a camera in the bedroom to make sure she was okay and then the camera lasted all of about one day because we used to like literally just watch her sit at the door staring at the door from like half an hour yeah she looked like a little broke her heart she looked like a little baby panda and we would be in the car having you know driven off and she would just be sitting there waiting for us to come back like listening at the door as if because in the apartment where we used to be the bins were downstairs so she'd get used to us going down to the bins and, and coming, coming back, back. Later. but then if yeah. we didn't come back to watch that was heartbreaking yeah. crazy dog parents we are together over two years now mm-hmm. yeah good two years great great two years a lot has changed in two years a I mean, lot both career-wise, we've changed, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've changed. Like, we're still in the same industry, but I'm certainly doing a lot of different things now. We've moved house. Yeah, I mean, you had you were used to kind of working, I suppose, with a team and having yeah. an agency and then going out on your own. That was a big step. Yeah, because, well, I was always, since college, I was out on my own working for myself. By the way, let's out it here and now because there was such an obsession. Where are we about going with what... this? No. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? The amount of questions and inter- and it's kind of a weird one, like to DM someone and be like, "Oh, he's a blah blah blah." It's like it's not as if your job was anyway weird or strange. It's just your business. I'm a digital marketing consultant. Yeah, like it's simple I, as that. It's it's what I've done. I wish it was for... more exciting. He's a stripper. Yeah, I wish it. I really <laughs> wish it was more exciting because trust me, sometimes it is fun and exciting, but a lot of the time it's just sat behind a computer. It's a day job. It's a day job. It's sat behind a computer helping brands grow online and. Sometimes it's great fun. Other times you're just sending emails and you're putting out fires. But it's not glitz and glam. And 
people wanted to know for a long time like I mean that's one of the biggest questions that comes you in you had views on your LinkedIn profile and everything I was just like my god it's like not that interesting not that yeah. your job isn't interesting but I mean when I met you you had the agency and then now you just you work so hard that it's one of the things I think I admire in you most is that you don't talk about things you just do them it's part of that part of your personality where it's action based I'm giving out to you because he's stroking my chair <laughs> not yours well we're not sitting on the same chair but I'm stroking <laughs> I'm stroking the, the fluffy chair Stroke the, fluffy the blue wall. velvet chair from yeah. my dressing room but yeah so that's changed in terms of work my direction and addition of the podcast has allowed me to be more me online than ever which is given do you ever get it when you've asked a question or someone's asked you a question and you fully can't remember what they've asked yeah what was the question it was how our life has changed I kind of it wasn't really a question it was more that we're together just over, oh, two, over years, two years and okay, then we yeah, went sorry. into so there wasn't a question so it's okay yeah. Um, but it was basically how our lives have changed a lot so work-wise and then we were I was living in the apartment when you met me I'd moved home from London Mm -hmm. you were living in Shankill yeah and both out of relationships kind of around the same time both had been living out of home obviously and then we we never had a move-in day this is a big question for a lot of followers in terms of like when's the right time to move in with someone when do you know and I feel like it's the most boring annoying answer but like when you know you know about anything well you hated this about me and I think it's kind of been the whole thing with our relationship is everyone hears of like the honeymoon period and I know it exists and I know like the two-year slump is that what it is sure whatever it's called um I know those things exist, right? But you were always like, oh, I suppose we're quite level in our relationship from day one. It wasn't like massive high. As you said, we didn't go out for these really expensive dinners and go gigs and do all these like, oh, here's a dog now. (laughs) All these really exciting things at the start. Mm -hmm. We kind of were quite slow and private, even though we were quite intense, like because we spent a lot of time together. I didn't really see it as this massive honeymoon period that would then level off and go down. I think you described it to me before as not wanting a honeymoon period because that meant that it got worse afterwards. That why should you not be of an even key kind of throughout? And there's, there's this kind of known synopsis or quote based around relationships that the ones that make you feel fire in your belly in the bad way where you're almost nervous, passionate, really bad arguments, very fiery. They're not always the best because the longevity and lasting period of that is, well it tends to kind of dwindle to less. Mm -hmm. So there's always a comparison. But the person that makes you feel calm and most yourself on your bad days as well as your good days is is more long-lasting, I guess. Yeah, I just think with, like, the way we kind of moved in together, you know, there wasn't a set move-in date. In a way, I feel bad, though, we didn't celebrate it, that, like, oh, my God, we're now living together. It just so happened that I gradually moved my stuff in and then one day I just never left. But it was just very organic. Like, I don't feel like I even was irritated that we didn't have that conversation. It was just, we kind of did the whole five day work week. Do you, you know what very... you miss though? When the, sorry, what you miss when those things happen is with your friends and like, oh my, like, it doesn't really happen with lads, to be honest with you, but with <laughs> girls, it's like, oh my Let's God. Let's party. Yeah. It's, oh my God, you moved in with your boyfriend. Oh my God. Like, this is a, this is yeah, a huge thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. deal. And it's nice to celebrate those things. I'm not saying the way we did it, because it's just, it's the way my personality is, is mm-hmm. I'm fairly level and not to say that I'm boring, but like I just I'm very I'm a bit level. more of a, can we buy the balloons for yeah, the thing? Yeah, to celebrate. And I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, we can, but <laughs> I've been already living here for three months. So <laughs> um, Congratulations on making it Like we did celebrate far. moving in 
to the, in, into this house when we moved to Cork because yeah. we had our family here and we, we that was a, a big that was a big it's deal ours though you see I feel like you moved into my apartment that's what yeah. it felt like it was very much my space I had it done up my way and it was my kind of safe haven after yeah, London yeah. so then it just naturally was we spent so much time together you always stayed over that it was actually just becoming a hindrance for you to constantly keep packing a bag and you know doing the back and forth so that was like a normal move so we got very adjusted to living together and then did, it, did anything change I don't feel like anything changed in our relationship it just sounds boring doesn't it I, 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 I <laughs> don't like, know. in a way I'm like I don't know why people would want to know anything about this I know because I'm sorry there's, there's if we're no boring you because answer. there isn't like there's no one strategy fits all mm-hmm. for a relationship but that's just how we did it was yeah. we didn't necessarily go all in kind of balloons champagne honeymoon period and then it kind of leveled off it was just fairly level but it's remained very consistent and for the most part we're very happy mm-hmm. and that that's worked for us and I think the main thing like when you say like we all have our problems is like you have to learn somebody else's personality and like that can crop up through struggle and strife through negatives to family grieving like every single life moment that happens you're not going to know how the person reacts until it happens so you could be two years or two months into a relationship where the dynamic changes because you see that person in that scenario specifically so like as you go you have to learn how to be together throughout life changing yeah communication is you hear it and you're like communication's key blah 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 blah. but talking about your problems and actually going no 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 i don't want to talk about it and the other person pushing you to talk about it you hate it at the time Mm -hmm. but it's the only way you grow because otherwise you're just having the same arguments the same reactions and then moving on It's it's the same cycle and you're not really progressing your relationship so i think certainly what you brought to our relationship was you're just you have to talk about things and you need like your desire to understand what way my brain works so why do I react like this why does do certain things upset me like why do they frustrate me I would just go around in a a vicious cycle and you taught me that I have to talk about it and you really grilled down and I hated it like to open up to you was and I think this was very much individual like it wasn't even us as a couple it was like say you changing your career path and things like that like it was more to help you grow in a way that I felt yeah so initially I obviously felt that like whenever you like what's maybe suggest something or you question something I would take I would get defensive and take it as a criticism that you wanted better for you whereas actually you wanted better for me or you wanted me to be happier doing x y or z so I suppose not like to not be defensive when someone questions something like in your relationship I think it it certainly benefits when you have one person whether it be male or female be the kind of calmer person who is a bit more sensible and is willing to go there and ask those questions and also willing to ask the really difficult questions that they know will probably cause an argument mm-hmm. but I'm fine with that because we need to have this argument and whatever way you react to it doesn't matter because we need to have it because otherwise we're just going around in circles and kind of wasting each other's time yeah and it comes back down to trust because you trust that we're in this for the long haul so you're not afraid to pry you're not afraid afraid to push that button because the person's not going anywhere like we've never walked out in each other no that's it I, I've had that in relationships before where the red button is somebody storming off or reacting a certain way and like expecting the worst reaction 
Whereas with you, I had to adjust to almost no reaction. And like, that was just a totally new playing field for me because not that it was too good to be true. It was just too calm to be true. Like when we would have a bicker or a row, it just never lasts. Like we're never like annoyed each other for a long time. I am the worst person at arguing or certainly the worst person at staying in a mood. I don't think you're that bad. No, I mean, when what I say is like, I'll be really pissed off about something. Yeah. And I'll try to be like, no, I don't agree with you. And you really upset me or whatever. And then like 15 minutes later, I'll walk into the kitchen or wherever. <laughs> and I will be like, right, I'll plan before I even walk in. I'll be like, I'm going to the kitchen. I'm, I'm going to have an food. angry face on. I'm just going to have an angry face. I'm going to walk out. And then I walk in and I just start smirking and I cannot help it. And now you know that's my dead giveaway. That you're laughing as I walk in because you know I'm going to smirk. So I suppose not holding on to, gr- not grudges, but not staying in a mood for the sake of it to win yeah. the argument. you're wasting time. Because I could just turn, like, I'll be smirking because I know I overreacted. Mm-hmm. And I'll be coming in going, I know I overreacted. I shouldn't have overreacted, but I'm certainly not willing to apologize for overreacting. So I'm going to walk in here and be really pissed off and it could be something about like the bins it's, <laughs> it's yeah, always it stupid yeah, shit it's, it's about like the, the recycling or something yeah we never really row about like the big things and i suppose that that helps i suppose if you're if you're re- why i say rowing about the big things is sometimes fundamentally you're in the wrong relationship because when the big things come up you like one person wants kids the other one doesn't one person wants to get married the other one doesn't you, your families don't get on your you don't like the friend group that your partner has they're the big things or you know, you go into a whole other level of somebody, you know, really mistreating you and those things. Those big things are very hard to come back from. Whereas if it's the small shitty bickers, like you kind of learn to just adjust to that person is going to react that way if I don't put the dishwasher back properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the number one issue. Is that my number one flaw? 100%. No, no, no. Hold on. What's my, what's my like, my work? So we're, I'm a worrier. You worry, but like the one that pisses me off the most is Joanne will make sure that she can clear her plate to the sink and the dishwasher is literally below the sink, but it just can't end up in the dishwasher for whatever reason. I don't know why. But I am a very clean Oh, you're totally clean. I mean, you clean the whole house, but like the sink will just have... I have this, I don't know if anyone who's listening has the same, but I have this disgusting feeling around food that's eaten so whatever's left on the plate I can't stand touching it I can't stand like I have to wear rubber gloves to take food off a plate or to wash the sink the gloves have to be on even though Adam will rightly say to me but you've just eaten that food but I have a weird thing about touching um wet soppy things or a a ketchup 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 on a plate is Joanne's worst nightmare or if you want to like put ketchup onto your plate and then just for the crack squirt a bit of mayo right beside it oh, and just dip a chip in it that's how that's how i can wind you up let's end on so we finished kind of talking about moving um and we did obviously celebrate this move what made us make the decision to move to west cork which is obviously four and a half hours from dublin you're from the south side i'm from the north side so it's a pretty big decision it was funny i'd never been to cork before the time the day we met was the first time I'd ever been in Cork which was Mill Street which was Mill Street which was also mad but it was the first time I've ever been to Cork you know that's why a lot of people thought we met in Cork people thought thought I was from people thought I was from Cork and then and then we spent so much time in Cork afterwards because your family are from down in West Cork 
that we spent you know a couple of weeks every few months down here when we could and you when you took me down here the first time i literally fell in love with the place it, it was stunning it's it's not for everyone because it's very far it's quiet and it's very far from dublin and it's a, certainly a different way of life but it's certainly when you work for yourself it was like a breath of fresh air to get out of the city and I love the outdoors so to be able to work from home and then to be able to kind of go walking in fields climb a mountain or go to the sea without kind of really bumping into anyone was was just heaven to me and it was a great way for us to switch off um then we just kept coming down every few kind of weeks I'd say every kind of eight weeks we probably came down to West Cork and it suited who you are too in terms of you're a sea swimmer you love the outdoors you love hiking you love beautiful nature same as me it it kind of you have to to enjoy those things to kind of I suppose appreciate the love of here as well yeah absolutely and then one day like I remember we were sitting out and we were having a drink in the evening time and we were just saying I think you said like this is in the house in Ballydale yeah I'd love to retire here someday and I kind of said Jesus like why would you I suppose I had the idea of why would you retire here when you could live here that was my that was my thought behind it why wait till why wait till you're kind of 60 65 to be able to afford the second house um to be able to come down every kind of few few weeks Mm -hmm. when you could potentially live here and as i said it's not for everyone because it's a different way of life but we started we started looking into it like at at the start it was a bit of a pipe dream i know it's always been your dream since you're a kid to live yeah but to do with this early was definitely a pipe dream yeah and then literally you know you contacted an estate agent um james lyon o'keefe james lyon o'keefe in skull and you got on to to cullum and we start, initially started looking to buy a house and we went and we did loads and loads of viewings. And I think we we probably exhausted viewings at house 12, maybe by that stage. Yeah. We had a very specific criteria in mind. If you're moving that far, you want a beautiful view. So we had sea view, we wanted land, we wanted a family home that we could grow into as opposed to the other way around. We didn't, we felt like going for the forever home instead of the the, the first starter home, home yeah, that you, starter. You, upgrade, you upgrade and you grow if gradually you're bigger. that far correct and then so we wanted space land sea view we wanted it to be very private mainly because of my job i suppose but also because of who we are as a couple and because you can afford to be private down here because there is you know rolling fields all around you it's easier to kind of have space but not so private that we felt isolated from the community or from the nearest town when you start to delve into that, that's pretty difficult because you're looking at... <laughs> I felt so bad for Cullum. It's like, we want here this are and this and of this criteria. And this. In his, for him, it was easy because he was like, well, I've only got a few properties that actually fit the bill. And like, yeah. to be honest, most of them didn't because what you're looking for is very few and far between down here. Yeah. Um, if you want to see view, you're paying a premium, simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just loads of quirks about kind of finding a house down here because you'll see something... There you go, that looks stunning. But then when you actually get down here and you drive up to it, the house itself is stunning, but maybe the location isn't great. It's super windy. Like there's so many little things little that elements. you almost have to be down here in situ. And I suppose that's why we decided, you know, let's not jump the gun and buy a house four and a half hours from Dublin. Because we had done the mortgage process and like we're pretty much set in stone that we are doing this but only when the house is right and the two options for us were either a restoration which is a project I have always dreamt of doing so whether that's a new build of like something that's a ruin or restoring an old farmhouse and kind of doing an extension on it or a new build that was ready for us to move in and just make it our style and taste 
when you add that on top of the long list of criteria, it's really, really difficult within your budget as well. And we put an offer on a house that kind of hit most of the criteria. It had more of a mountainous view instead of sea view, but it was a very new home. That meant we could move right now because one of the things that we couldn't do for obvious reasons with the rent we were paying in Dublin was continue to pay the rent in Dublin whilst doing a restoration like it's that's... impossible also to live in Dublin to do and do up a house not, not that it's it. impossible but you've got to be there um and then I mean you only when you get down here you learn that the new build is really really difficult because planning permission is extremely difficult to get mm-hmm. down here so to buy a plot of land and then apply for planning very difficult yeah so you're left with the restoration and then that's a case of do we move down here and put a little caravan caravan kind of mobile home on the land and live out of that for nine months while we do up a house Mm -hmm. and i mean had we done that we would have been in a position where we're living in a mobile home in a garden and global pandemic hits and all construction has ceased and now you're going wow i don't know when our house is going to be finished yeah and we're kind of stuck in a mobile home or whatever in in a beautiful place but in essence we were very blessed with how it all panned out so basically we kind of we looked at those 12 houses whatever amount of houses it was and then we just we hit a pause we definitely didn't let go of the dream but we thought we're not going to rush into something just for the sake of it and then we started discussing the fact that maybe the best thing we should do is make the move full time but try and get a rental that's as close to all of those ticked boxes as possible that we're happy living in somewhere for two three years Mm -hmm. potentially raising a family there whilst being here in situ to constantly do viewings constantly look at land and one day build or restore something like that and then that opportunity presented itself yeah i mean very very handled us like the perfect house in the best location it ticked it ticked ticked absolutely everything we would nearly have bought it if that was the you know the option and stuff um and yes kind of an indefinite but it was like when you think about it i suppose like when you move this far away forget that it's out of Dublin but when your friends and family are based in Dublin or wherever they're based it's a long drive like adapting to country life is different you know the city isn't as close Cork City's at least an hour and a half away a little bit longer so you're you're shopping to do your supermarket shop isn't flying down the road five or ten minutes to little you know it's 45 minutes into Bantry like there's little life adjustments and they're fine but then you want to raise a family and you're you know you're pregnant and you want to have your mum to come and look after you or help you or whatever she's four and a half hours away so they're the little things that we went you know maybe we need to live here and rent first because god forbid we really were struggling and we didn't like it down here that we didn't we weren't committed full time into owning a house and then struggling to sell it afterwards so renting was definitely it is tougher to sell because everyone we said yeah. it to was would you not rent first and we were like no like we love it down there we just want to live down there plus and then... i had rented for so long i was yeah. like i don't want to rent again i want a house to be mine and but i don't think there's anything wrong with renting either because you can do it up you know providing we your land we were very lucky our with la- this la- particular yeah, house yeah this house where we have a lot of flexibility to do what we want which is amazing and i know other people aren't afforded that luxury sometimes I think you're more restricted with the life, say even the apartment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could put some holes in the wall with pictures, but I couldn't go digging a veg patch in the balcony. Like you're, yeah. you're naturally restricted. But because we were allowed to have that flexibility where this is as close to our home as possible, that made it okay. That made it okay. But then I'm so thankful that we, we did rent. Just yeah. I says with everything that's going on at the moment, like 
we're away from family for a long period of time so it's given us a great chance to adjust to what life would be like down here and obviously kind of the main thing when you move to a community like this is to be part of the community <laughs> and then you move down and within like three weeks it's COVID locked down happens. and you yeah. can't bear in mind when we moved down as well like the weather was atrocious so the going out and meeting people wasn't happening and then lockdown happened so not that we are isolated from the community because we've we've made great friends already from people messaging you on Instagram and already people we know down here. Yeah. But it's so important to be part of the community and part of the triathlon clubs and festivals and whatever. Festivals. You, you don't get that luxury. So that was weird for us to try to adjust. adjust and meet people. So we've had a lot of isolation down here. So we're getting used to being on our own, which is what it's kind of like in the wintertime as well. And people always say close. that, oh, what will you be like in the winter that far in rural Ireland? And our answer was always, well, we love the outdoors. So we love the wind and rain and the howling wind with the fire lit and things like that and the outdoors in the early nights. But I suppose this has, as you said, catapulted us into this extreme version of rural Ireland through summer. So we're you know we've been afforded the luxury of beautiful weather but we're very isolated but I think a lot of questions I get are are you you know I don't want to know where you live but are you really isolated we're not like we're very close to the town and although we have lots of land around us that was one of the stipulations was to feel close to a community although we can't integrate right now because of COVID we're the same as everybody else in the world but when the time comes to be really close to the activity and the hype and the fun moving moving to rural ireland is a big shift and we've we've experienced like the radical end of it yeah because everyone falls in love with west cork in the summertime because there's so much to do but right now there's nothing to do mm-hmm. like there's very very little to do so you're kind of sitting you're around expecting your 5K and... the pubs to be open the market the markets have thankfully opened and hopefully we're going to get still, down to it now we're going to rush we have to the time. market now but buy some cheese it's yeah, it's it's just it's a big life adjustment. And I would say for anyone who would be looking to move, whether it be West Cork or anywhere, if you're moving to anywhere somewhat rural, it may be difficult to find a rental, but I would personally rent because it would it would have scared me a little bit had we have bought just pre-COVID. Oh yeah. And then experienced the harsh isolation and or everything that comes with that and kind of going, "Well, did we make the right decision or not?" Whereas at least when you're renting, you can be in situ to find somewhere. You can really go uh, scope it out and see what the house is like. But also you get you have that flexibility to know home, which is obviously Dublin originally for us, is always there. And we can, we can move back. It's not where we're tied to having to try to sell a house. And also I think for me, it's that knowing now that we adore it, like we knew we would through this ultimate test that is COVID and being severely isolated and things like that. The fact that we still love it and now we know we want to be here the important thing is being able to understand your location a lot better. So like I would see, you know, houses that were for sale in such and such an area, but until you live there and see what the community is like, because it's a lot more condensed um, and to see what you're near. And when you start going for your drives and start going for your walks and your hikes, you're used to your proximity. So yeah, like we spent a lot of time down here before we moved. And I thought I knew the area well. I thought I knew the community well. But I bet you know it so differently now. It's, it's totally different. It's 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 better than what I thought, but in a totally different way. And the only way of knowing that is by living in the community and really... Yeah, because a week or two just doesn't allow you no. the time You're in holiday to... mode, even for four or five weeks. If you're down here and you know you're going back, you're in holiday mode. Whereas now we do our 
you know allowance of 5k drive or walk and we're still finding new little roads and yeah. and ways to explore and kind of places to say mm, I'd quite like to live there or oh imagine building there or what's the planning commission and you're starting to talk to the locals and hear the ins and outs of you know I suppose what will be feasible mm-hmm. for us yep you're so much better than I thought <laughs> was that that bad <laughs> it wasn't that bad are you still so, dying a little bit on the inside? A little bit, yeah. Would you like to do my outro for me? Uh, sure. Okay. What do I usually say? Oh, you put me on the spot now. Thank. Thank you, you for very listening. Much for listening <laughs> it's like, like junior info. It's like thank you thank for, you for listening. listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please make sure to yeah. leave a review on iTunes. On iTunes. Rating. Rating. Give us a five star. Five star. Leave Fram. a comment. Say hello on Instagram. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, Don't tell Adam. And though. guess what? We'll see you on the other side of perfect. <laughs> <laughs>